Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we're doing our live podcast with our patrons that are here to join us as we talk about persistence. Yeah. As an artist, being persistent as an artist is by far one of one of the most important things that I think is necessary if you want to do this as a career and actually feel like an artist. It's it's funny because I think about my career when uh, when it wasn't a career, when I was working in corporate and doing different things and how I would jump on board on a project. And then, uh, you know, I'd run into a roadblock here and there and maybe like stick with it through the first roadblock, but then I quit eventually. Yeah, persistence is key for so many areas, for learning of skills, for keeping your momentum going, for um, not putting stuff on the back burner when it's easier to just do anything else besides that thing that you said you wanted to do. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about persistence is because we get a lot of questions from people that are like, what does it take? Where do I get started? What do I do? Uh, in order to start an art career. I'm going to paraphrase this, but one of my favorite things that I ever heard from an art world person um, was a quote that went something like, uh, if you can, when it comes to being an artist or a creative, if you can do anything else that's not be a creative, you should do that. (laughs) And I was like, what? Oh, that's a quote from Jerry Salt. Yeah, I really love Jerry Salt. And then he went on to say, the reason I say that is because the life of a creative is often quite difficult. It's not an easy life. It can be very solitary. It's very challenging and it's not glamorous. It's not how they portray it in movies. So if you have it in you to do anything besides the artist's life, by all means, go and do that. It's the people who are utterly compelled to create that essentially have no choice that pursue this because it's who we are. It's like in our DNA, right? We would be creating whether it was a full-time thing or a part-time thing. In tandem with that, uh, knowing that it's not glamorous and it's challenging and it's full of hurdles, uh, persistence is really the driving force, I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, you know, to 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 uh, quote one of uh, the the patrons here, Kelly, she says most artists have ADHD and we get to, we distract ourselves, lol. And uh, it's interesting because that that really does right there describe some of the issues that I run into when it comes to finishing a project. Like it is no surprise to you guys that I have been having my ups and downs and trying to figure out how to get this book finished. And I have literally uh completely deleted sections of the book and rewritten sections and just been going back and forth going through this whole trial because there are certain things that I want to say that I want them to be empowering and uplifting and uh I'll spend a lot of time writing something and then realize that it's not it's it's heading in a different direction a direction that I don't want it to go in but at the end of the day I want to create this thing I I I have this dream of creating this thing And so in order to be able to create it, after I spend days writing something and I delete something and I feel like a complete failure because I'm not getting through it, like it's just a matter of getting up the next day and saying, you know what? All right, get started from the beginning here. Let's do this thing and let's see where this goes. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things 
when it comes to persistence and just pushing yourself forward is the ability to say, you know what? Let's see what happens here. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Uh, That reminds me actually of another quote that we heard recently from the Daily Rituals book that we were listening to. I forget which artist said it. And I thought it was a little harsh, but also kind of on point. He said, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up every day and get to work. (laughs) And I was like, you know, some days you're flooded with inspiration and some days you just have to show up to your studio yeah and lay some paint or uh write some music or hammer on some metal what have you ever it said the shiny new art toy syndrome yeah yeah the shiny new art toy syndrome that is definitely uh i can't tell you how many materials i have in the studio or like things that i have where I think I had to work on like a project that maybe was pushing outside of my comfort zone. And then I bought um, other things. I bought other things. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to start screen printing. And you realizing that already knowing I don't have the room for a screen printing machine, but then buying things and like being like, oh, and then investigating and distracting myself for like a day or two. And then realizing that I have to get back to the thing. And it's easy. It's easy because we're both artists who get easily distracted. So even recently, Clee was like, don't you want this tablet so that you could do? (laughs) It's true. I was totally an enabler. I was like, I will click buy right now on this tablet. I've already done the research. Like, it's a good one. Do you want it to, to arrive here soon? And you were like, no. Yeah, I really want that tablet. I, I want that tablet, but I need to focus on the book right now. I got to get this book finished. Okay, so let's get back on topic when it comes to <laughs> persistence. And you guys chime in, chime in any any thoughts or any quotes or anything that you have when it comes to being persistent, especially with yourself uh, in doing something that maybe um, that maybe you've been afraid of doing. I I, I see you guys all the time. Uh, on Discord, on Patreon, like taking on these new projects, taking on these things that are pushing outside of your comfort zone, that those are the kind of things that really inspire me to push myself out of my comfort zone is watching other people doing stuff that, hey, it's not easy. Maybe I'm working on this new medium of art or maybe I'm putting this piece out there and this piece, it's, it terrifies me to put this piece out there because I'm afraid of how people are going to respond to it. Or maybe I'm filming these new videos or maybe I'm just doing these things to to get more to get more of a connection with people to for people to understand or to know who I am and it amazes me it amazes me some of the things you do. you guys you guys really uh are quite amazing when it comes to that and i see you just push through that insecurity and just keep going stephanie said i had to fight the stick man to put my skillshare class out there yeah we all have to battle the negative internal voice which we call the stick man as most of you know but for anyone listening who's not familiar the negative naysayer voice in your head we call the stick man the stick man is super rude and you pretty much have to go rounds of fisticuffs anytime you want to do something or break out of a comfort zone Maya Angelou said, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. That's so true. And I love that. Yes, creativity begets creativity. And the more momentum you get behind you, the easier it is. It really is. And that's the thing, like, you know, because I get I get all all sciencey and stuff. And I think about like, you know, the universe is heading into entropy and basically anything that you look at, it's almost like everything wants to get to that point where there is that standstill where it just goes down dead 
And so it's, I think that that's one of the things that makes it so easy to just give up on something when it gets a little bit harder. Cause it's almost like everything is kind of geared towards that. And I always, and whether or not that's true or not, um, as far as creativity goes, like that's the way I kind of view it. If I keep moving, if I keep taking one step after another, then momentum is going to take over. And as long as momentum is taking over, no matter how um, maybe I'm not feeling creative or I'm not feeling it that day, at some point that momentum is going to flow on its own. And it's going to go from me pushing a rock to the rock just rolling on its own. Which is why we talk so much about fachunking and why yeah. you came up with fachunking and why we are constantly utilizing fachunking. And for anyone who might be listening to this who is unfamiliar with our concept of fachunking or fastly chunking, as I like to call it, <laughs> it's um, agree- making an agreement with yourself to do that thing for at least five minutes and see where it goes from there. Yeah. And then you could be like, I hate this and I'm moving on. Or you might find yourself working on it still two hours later. Yeah. Whatever and, the case. And what's interesting about that is that for chunking the thing gets you going on that motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gets you going on that momentum, I mean, and gets you moving. And that's what is most important because a lot of people will fall into that rut where they buy into their creative block, where they buy into writer's block, where they buy into these things. And I was one of them. I was constantly... I constantly had the excuse that I had writer's block. Now, don't get me wrong. You can not feel it. You know, you could be in a moment in, in one of those times where like, I'm not feeling creative or I, I, or I just don't feel like I have the willpower to move forward. And what I've realized over the years is that when I'm not feeling it, it has more to do with what is going on outside of the studio what is going on? What is lingering in the back of my mind? What weight I have? Because maybe somebody in my family called me and they said something that just could have kind of dampened Sometimes my day. Life happens, yeah. life happens. And what I've figured out is that most times if I want to give up on something, there's a lot more to it than just this project is too hard. It's almost like it, that's where Stickman comes in and it turns into this internal attack because emotionally I'm not there. And so in those moments, I make sure that I do whatever it takes to put myself in a good place and then get into, uh, you know, and not like I'm in a great place now, just in a better place than I am where I could just kind of clear my mind and focus and then just get started. Just get started. Let me just get started on Mm -hmm. this. And Kyle said it is organic is why, why creativity begets creativity. Yeah, absolutely, Uh, Kyle. Kelly said, we're like Dory, only we sing just keep creating. I love that. Everything that we do is essentially a pattern of habits. So like even the way that we respond to negative news, uh, where all of a sudden some of us will not allow it to get to us. And then we think like, oh, this person is so strong, but really has a lot to do with habits, even to the extent of like, do you sit there? Do you slump your shoulders? When you have a problem, do you sit there and try to think it out? And so putting yourself in a downward spiral of thinking because you're basically focused on a problem and unable to get yourself to focusing on a solution. And so like, it's it's always interesting how dynamic human beings are when it comes to the habits that we form and and whether or not we actually have a full understanding uh people associated well if they have bad habits you know you you need you need willpower and you need this and it's like no that's that's just not how it works it's not willpower that gets you through it it's understanding that if you have one habit 
you need to replace it with another one because it's not like those habitual things. That habit is there as a pattern in order to uh, in order to do something, something that you needed done at that time. The only problem is that a lot of times those habits are no longer valid. So like back in the day, if you wanted to do something and uh, there was discouragement from your parents, you couldn't continue with it. So you had to give up because if your parents said no, then it meant no. The problem is when we become adults and then we get discouraged about something and then we give up, even though we could keep going. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that that's, that's where the formation of habits gets really, really screwing. You, you stop and you think about those things. Like, why do I quit when the going gets tough? Or why is it that this is so hard? Now, there's two interesting things there. Because you're talking about, you know, the, pre- the ever-present negative habit and basically how to deal with it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and Stephanie touched on something interesting with the, the maybe the positive habit, the habit that you aspire to, right? Yes. And making it attractive to you. And one really good example, uh, actually, I can think of two good examples. One is exercise, which gets boring very quickly if you don't vary it up. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I will actually use my lizard brain to my benefit uh, and trick myself on subconscious levels. Like if I've reached a point of total burnout where I just feel like I can't do it anymore, I will buy a pair of fancy shoes or even a workout towel to entice myself back in like a shiny thing that makes it work. Right. That, that for chunks you back into the process. It's funny though, because with, uh, with that kind of stuff, uh, would actually motivate. And that's what I mean when I say like, we're all very different. Like, so for me, what makes things attractive is the ability to feel what it's going to feel like when it's over. Mm-hmm. Right. So like feel good place. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times when I have a hard time with a painting, it's because I've got so many voices in my head telling me like, Oh, you're going to screw this up. You're not going to get it right. Or even when I go to do something like working on this book, those are the things that I have to overcome and they're going to be there. It's just, getting to a point where I realize, like when I do get this book finished, it is going to feel so good and really focusing on that idea and focusing on that idea in a way where it's like, when I get this done, when it is finished, it's going to be amazing. Like I'm going to feel so good when I get there. So I've got point, the last point set up and then this is awesome. God, I get to sit here and I get to write this and I'm going to write a beautiful thing today. So it's almost like pre-paving and allowing yourself to prepave and enjoy the moment that you're in, but also look forward to the moment where that feeling that you'll get when it's finished. Absolutely. Having a dialogue with yourself, having a really honest dialogue with yourself. One of the things in my arsenal, if you want to call it recently, is personal writing, right? And um, like I've had a new practice of personal writing and I'm finding that right now I don't want to do it in the morning. And so I'm writing about that. And I'm having a conversation with myself where I allow myself to write like, this is really stupid. I'm literally rolling my eyes at this right now and I want to quit. And then <laughs> then I'll write down like, well, why? Why do you think it's stupid? Um, here's some things that you wrote before that. Like, I, I think that there is something to this. Like, why are you rolling your eyes right now? Um, and just having that dialogue with yourself also. Persisting through the suck. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that when I say persisting through through the suck, that it means like, yeah, persisting past the naysayers and persisting past uh, the the critics and the trolls and the haters and people that are making your life difficult, persisting past the gatekeepers. 
And really the majority of persisting uh, that you have to put up with are the habits that you form is the negative self The brain jar chatter. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of that stuff is just habits, habits that we've used, honestly, in my opinion, for the most part to protect ourselves in growing up. I know that a lot of uh, when, whenever I would say to myself something along the lines of you're ugly or you know what, you're just not talented enough. That was, that was almost like a, a protected, like a habit that was formed to protect me from trying to pursue something where I believe that there was a lot of pain involved. Like if I tried this thing and I failed that it would be the worst pain ever. And so like for the most part, you try and protect yourself from that at all costs. It's slightly less painful in your lizard brain to talk yourself out of it before right. you absolutely self-destruct in your valiant efforts. Yeah. Right? The, only, the only problem is that there's two sides to that. You have that, that lizard brain part of you that is trying to protect you. And then you have that bigger part of you, that create that creative part of you, the one that wants to get out there and create, the one that wants to uh, bring something beautiful into the world or, or bring something new into the world. And, and, and just you feel that in your bones where you just want to create something. And when you squash that down, that feeling of passion is so much more powerful than naysaying, than the, the wanting to protect yourself. And, it, and I think that that's one of the things is that when you do decide that you're going to do this, you do have to choose, like, I am willing to do whatever it takes. And that's why, that's why in getting into our, our career and doing what I'm doing now, what we're doing now, and the reason that we took the trip was because I needed to personally burn all my bridges back to the corporate world in order to not give myself a fallback plan. Mm -hmm. Like, well, if this doesn't work out, then I could always go back to this because what would happen is, and it always happens, is that the dominant plan becomes the fallback plan. That's why you're better off just saying, you know what, I'm going to go for this and I am not going to stop until I make this happen. Because if you give yourself a fallback plan, you will always, always retreat back to your fallback plan. That's why I like the quote that you included in the, the first book. Uh, basically going all the way means risking homelessness, mm -hmm. uh, um, <laughs> excommunication from your community, mockery, yep. the whole nine yards. Um, Tree Tree had said it sucks when you're in the creative zone and get interrupted by negative people and it derails you. Yeah. I have such a hard time getting back to the zone again. Yeah, it can really throw you. And that's why um, we've made an active effort. And we always say like, it is really important who you consistently surround yourself with. And obviously, in some cases, it's not as easy as just, you know, moving or walking away. Yeah. Um, but we are quite deliberate these days about who's who's in our creative zone, like who's in our realm, who's in our world, who's in our awareness. Yeah. And it's, it's important to keep an eye on, but of course, you know, sometimes the shit's going to hit the fan anyway, you're yeah. going to get that phone call yeah. or you're going to get that, that person drop by, or you're going to get that snide comment or you're going to get something. And honestly, the more, the more that you deal with it and the more you get to a point where uh, I, what, a good name for it would be to be um, ve very empowered in it where somebody is trying to pull your attention to their agenda and you let them know like, you know what? I just don't have time for the drama today. Mm -hmm. I don't. Give me the drama tomorrow. 
or give me the drama the next day. But as far as right now, I'm in the middle of a project and I just don't have time for drama. Keep your drama to yourself. And like that sounds so mean, right? But at the same time, you're not telling them, I don't want any part of you. You're just saying, you know what? I'm not prepared for this right now because my mind is here and I just don't want this right now. Yeah, definitely. This is my time. I'm going to respect my time. Give me the time that I need to be able to do what I'm doing. Weirdly untimely said, I'm in the middle of a painting and struggle so much with finishing it. I just want to be done so I can do something else. I'm so good at starting projects, but not finishing them. You know, the I, I do not, when I am struggling with a painting, I will work on something else at the same time as I'm working with that, but I leave the thing that I'm struggling with prominent in my space. So like, you know, I've got, I've got two easels in the studio. I've got my main spinning easel and then I have my side easel and then I have the table. So if I'm having problems with the painting, that painting will take up room on my spinning easel because that's my dominant easel. So basically Whatever piece you're having struggle with that you want to finish, but you really could possibly have every excuse in the world to not finish, put it on a dominant section in your studio. Allow yourself to work on other things so that the creative juices flow. Yes, absolutely. But always have it there right in your face. And do one step at a time on it. And this is a really cool segue into something that I think is really important here because the longer duration of a project, right? Um, the closer you get to finishing something that might be challenging for you, the more the fear increases, right? It sucks way worse to mess something up in the end stages when you've already invested so much time and energy into it than it does to mess something up in the beginning stages. As you get closer to being finished with something, I find that the fear level of doing something wrong and losing the project increases it becomes harder and harder and harder to move forward with that thing yeah especially especially if it's something you're doing for the first time or even something that you're just sort of getting familiarized with and so i've had to like train retrain myself to accept the idea that i might i might make a mistake in the end stages and have to learn from it yeah and go from there and accepting that but it also helps me to do one singular thing to it at a time and then walk away like face this challenge and then give myself a break face this aspect of it and then give myself a break and don't try to go at it all at once in those end stages i mean and that's that's how i approach uh, a lot of paintings like you know when when i'm working on let's say a portraiture piece where i'm having a really hard time um I break it down into steps and I, and it could be like I finished the piece or I've got the entire bottom layer done or something like that. And then I'll go and attack the eyes mm-hmm. and I'll screw up the eyes for the entire day. And then the next day I'm like, okay, today I'm going to attack the eyes and then I'll screw up the eyes that entire day. And then at some point I'll get an aha moment and I'll maybe do something to the eyes and then I'll decide to do something to the nose and maybe the nose comes out really great. And then I do something to the lips and then the nose looks all funky, but then I go back to the eyes and then I finish the eyes. And once the eyes look really good to me, then I can move on to the nose because when you're focused on one section of your piece that looks bad to you, 
and then you try to do something else on your piece Mm -hmm. and that looks bad to you, then it becomes this overwhelming mess. So it's like you just focus on the the one piece by itself. And of course, kind of like you stated, just do something on it, a small thing. A thing, yeah. Because that goes back to the habits, right? So everything you do, it doesn't take very long to form a habit. So if you put off doing a painting, right? And you give into your insecurity or you give into whatever excuse it is that you happen to have that day. Look at it almost as if you are stacking that excuse on top of your reasoning for not doing it. And then the next day, it's a little bit easier. And then you stack that excuse on top of it. Now you've got two. It's almost like you're stacking these two excuses on you to not move forward and do it. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to do it, the 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 more excuses are stacked, the thicker the molasses is that you have to walk through to get started on that project. Absolutely. And I really had to have this conversation with myself recently because I'm I'm in the I'm in different stages on different projects, but I'm in a project that's been challenging for me, right? And I've heard myself say, Oh, of course, I've had a million ideas for a million other things I want to do whilst doing this project. We always do that because we're trying to distract ourselves when it's something that we're afraid of. So I'm like, okay, Clee, you always have a million ideas for things. Why exactly is it that you're so keen on getting through this and moving on to the next thing, right? Because it is more comfortable to be in the beginning stages instead of the end stages of something you're afraid of. And when you're a creative that does have a million things going on and you have multiple things you're working on at any given time, that excuse kind of falls flat. And at some point for myself, I had to admit that like, oh, well, I just prefer comfort to discomfort. (laughs) Like the end stages are less comfortable often. Um, And so like, I have to admit to myself, like, oh, I'm just trying to go back to comfort zones here. And I, and so that's how I tackle it is like, do the one hard thing, do the next hard thing, do the next hard. That's where like, I have to, I'm really good at doing it with paintings, but I forget consistently with the book. So like, I'm trying to make every page perfect. Mm -hmm. It needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. And I forget the freedom that comes with, I'm going to create the biggest crap turd that I've ever created today. I'm just going to allow myself to write. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to allow myself to paint. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to do it. And that way the, the pressure is gone because I think that that's the biggest thing is that fear of getting it wrong and not giving yourself the permission to get it wrong. Yes. Cass, Cass says I'm blessed with a great support system, but can definitely fall to my lazy habit of oversleeping. My dad. College and tattoo clients keep me on schedule. The love of creating keeps me motivated. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one cast. That's a good fallback uh, oversleeping. Yeah. And I, it, I don't know if it's a lazy habit. It's almost, it's almost along the lines of like you wake up, you know, cause it's not like, it's just oversleeping. There's always a point where you wake up and you make the conscious decision of like, I'm not getting out of bed today. Yeah, I've observed myself and I have found that some oversleeping is an attempt to avoid doing whatever the thing is that I'm trying to avoid doing that day. And of course, it doesn't work because eventually you do get out of bed and then you're like, great. Then you feel like now I've like, overslept. I am, and I am I, such a loser. Why am I such a loser? Yeah, yeah I've been trying to be... um nicer to myself, but also I've been trying to give myself the same respect that I give on an external factor, such as a place that I would need to be and try to get up when I say I'm going to get up. 
or oh man, I've I've overslept for most of my life. Well, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep going. You just keep going. It doesn't mean you keep going and you get it perfect every time because that's a pipe dream. It's you keep going and you're willing to screw up and just keep going. Keep heading in that direction, just not not willing to quit. Uh, Zara said, I'm preparing to paint every day. Very small paintings, four by six and limited to one hour. Have I started? Frown face. Fear, fear, fear. 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 Get it started. Just get it started. If you can trick yourself into physically starting the thing before you have enough time to talk yourself out of it, sometimes that's effective too. Like almost like just bypass whatever the brain chatter is and actually force your body to start doing the thing, which is another way of saying fachunking. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's essentially what you do. You fachunk it. You just say, okay, well, all I'm going to do is pull out my brushes. I'm going to get my paint ready. I'm going to pull out the canvas and I am going to apply a brush stroke on the canvas before I even know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's so horrible. But it's like, you just, you, you, you just got to push yourself beyond that wall of molasses that you've already formed. Because like I said, the more you put it off, the thicker that wall gets and the harder it is to get it started, the harder it is to chunk it. Yeah. And I will say, I asked myself the question, like, can you trick yourself like that consistently? Does it work uh, over time? Like, um, and I found that, yes, it does. It really does. If you give yourself an out and you say to your lizard brain or whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm not agreeing to do this thing. All I'm agreeing to do is get the materials out. I'm not actually agreeing to do this exercise. I'm just agreeing to put my shoes on. You do that first step. It works every time. I don't care. You could trick yourself from here to oh, eternity. You can. You can. You yeah. Could, you could tell yourself, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually paint. I'm just going to get this ready. I'm just right. going to get the paint ready, but I'm not going to actually paint. And then when you get to the end of it, you just go psych, you know, and then you go and paint. Yeah. And it, it does work. It doesn't mean that it's easy. That's, that's the biggest thing I no. want to say. Like it's, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Whenever you've formed a habit, whenever you've done it, listen, all it takes is doing it one time and then it's easier to put it off the next time. And then you put it off twice and it's four times as easy to put it off the third time. Mm-hmm. And then it, it grows exponentially. Like basically it doubles in on itself. Then at that point, it's eight times as easy to give up as it is to just move forward with it. The thicker and thicker that that plate of of molasses becomes that you have to push through. It almost feels like there is a physical barrier stopping you from doing this thing that you actually just want to get started on, but you're, you've bought into the excuses. And the more you do that, all it takes is five times of consistently putting something off or doing anything to, to get the beginning, the very uh, hard beginning stages of a, of a very solid habit. Yeah. So that's, that's something to consider there. Zara said, it's ridiculous. Yes. (laughs) Cass said, but I do have a painting I started last year that I am ignoring. (laughs) You got this, Cass. You know, and it's not to say that you, this is the time frame in which you need to work on something. But if you find that it's bothering you in the background. Yeah, if it's it's floating around in the background and you're like, let me just get this darn thing done so that I could stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. There have been times where that was my motivation to work on a piece. 
because like the piece sat there for months and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just let me just finish this because it's it's there. It's <laughs> in I'm my tired. face. I'm tired of throwing shade in its direction. But also because I don't put my paintings away. So like if the painting is not done, it's just sitting in the studio, just staring at me the entire time. It's true. And our um, online community is sometimes your accountability partners. Yes. where They're like, hey, we've seen that painting for a while now. What's going on <laughs> with that painting? You working on that? Yep. Kelly said it took a month for me to ink my Viking village piece and then I messed it up putting in final cloud and had to start over. Oh, I hate that. That's rough, man. That's kind of that's kind of like Tim's uh painting that portrait that yeah, he did and then he yeah. had the hair. I don't know how many times I had a hair. It's gotten to the point like <laughs> where if there is a hair in my painting, then that hair is getting varnished in because I have messed up so many paintings trying to pull a hair out of texture. That I just don't, I don't care anymore. I, I leave it in. I'm like, the hair belongs to you now. It Whoever is, buys this. They'll, they'll authenticate it that way yep. in 200 years. Uh, weirdly untimely said, so great advice. I'm trying to use cognitive behavioral therapy to get out of the molasses. Yeah. If you have a bowling ball and a bowling ball is going 60 miles an hour uh, in one direction, which is a habit that has turned into just part of your personality. That's just what you're used to. That's just who you are. Right. In order to stop that, you can't do it all at once and turn it around right away. It's got to slow down. You got to give it resistance. And that's what doing a different habit that goes against it does. It just gives it that resistance little by little by little by little until you slow it down enough where then eventually, instead of going in that direction, now you're able to push it in a different direction. But even then, you're still kind of pushing it up uphill. And that's why it, it's not a lot of people want to do something and they want it to just go away. I want, I want to change my habits. I want to be a different person. I want to do this. And yes, you have to be a different person, but you also got to give yourself the time to be able to really increase it, really stack on those things that you want, you want to do and be very easy on yourself because every time Every time that you criticize yourself because, oh, I totally screwed up. I did whatever. All you're doing is just stacking on more ugly negative habits. Yeah, negative reinforcement is bullshit. Yeah, it and is whoever bullshit. came up with negative reinforcement can kiss my butt. Yes. That's all I have to say. That's, that's very, I, very profound. Thank, thank you. you. And I love the quote, um, how you do anything is how you do everything that you yes. talked about yeah. on Patreon recently. And, um, and understanding that it's these little micro actions that can be life changing for you. Yeah. But don't stress out about like how many of them you're doing and how many of them you're not doing. And I want to give a big shout out to our patrons that are here. Thank you guys so much for being here. You guys made this so much fun. I always absolutely freaking enjoy having our interactions because it just, I feel alive after I get to hang out with you guys. And so big shout out to our patrons and thank you all so much for listening. You guys are absolutely amazing. And if you want to subscribe to more stuff, we don't do lives. We do lives. Uh, we do live podcasts maybe once a month. But if you guys want to subscribe to our regular podcast, go ahead and subscribe somewhere around here. And uh, yeah, that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Indeed. Good day. Adios.